I'm Robin Takayama, and I'm an Asian American woman in contract admin at San Francisco Public Works. I'm with the contract admin team at Public Works, and um, most of my team is working on literal contracts, like professional service contracts and construction contracts, and I'm the grants administrator. And um, I've been working in grant making over at the Arts Commission for over 20 years, um, which is very similar, but also there are differences working for a small department focused on artists and arts organizations and then coming over here to a very big department with very big grants. I'm a woman of color and I've had hardships and so there's something in me that is always like sought out justice and when there's a problem especially if it's outside of me, but adjacent. It's like a, something that I'm just driven to address. So I think that's what's led me down a lot of different paths. I'm really excited to be in contract admin, um, and it may not be the most um, exciting part of the grant making. I think probably the program managers, you know, they get to come up with the need and the scope of that work. But for me, because I've been involved with labor as well, uh, you know, I'm involved with, I was very involved with SEIU and now with, with IFPTE. I know that our contracts, that people have fought for every line of those very thick contracts. And similarly, um, the community has fought for a lot of those things that are in our grant agreements. So whether it's, you know, making sure that whoever gets the money um, is offering benefits to spouses and domestic partners or, you know, 12X, which prohibits the city from doing business with states that have LGBT discriminatory laws or um, anti-abortion uh, laws or voter suppression. Like those are things that are really important to San Franciscans and they're really important to me. And that's part of what I'm basically taking those beliefs and uh, values and codifying that into like contract language and making sure that anyone that we're doing business with is held to those standards. So that's why I think it's important um, but that the work that I'm involved in is important. My mom didn't go to college. Um, neither of my parents have college degrees, but my mom was a hustler. And so even when we moved, when her and my dad got a divorce, she was thinking about how to get me into the best school district, and my mom figured out how to do that. Um, and so her eyes were always peeled for these opportunities. Like she said, oh, you might want to work at Costco. They have good benefits. And then she worked for the Cal State system. She um, did what would now be considered desktop publishing, but back then it was more of a secretarial job. Um, and she said, you know, you should look for a job with the city. And I'm like, why would I want to work for the city? 
in college, I was, um, you know, I was involved with campus organizing and I was um, putting on cultural events in order to get people involved with our student movement. And then I was lucky enough to get a fellowship funded by the Getty down in Los Angeles at Visual Communications, which was the first Asian American media organization in the country. And back then, you know, I was majoring in American studies, which was like ethnic studies. And I just felt like everybody needed to be part of the movement. And anyone who was like majoring in business or or science, you're, you're sellouts. But I quickly learned, you know, while I was at that nonprofit, that we needed people to like create our database or to be donors or to do our accounting. Um, and so I wanted to be doing that kind of work. I, I finally learned that you could have a job as an arts administrator. And I uh, had been working at a tech company doing audio editing, actually. But then... Um, a photographer reached out to me. He, it was during the dot-com, like the beginning of the dot-com bust. And um, he was a photographer who would often shoot for the Arts Commission. And the person who eventually hired me and then who came over to Public Works, Liz Lerma, um, her assistant had left. And so he was like, why don't you apply? And it ends up that, you know, while I was working in nonprofit arts, I had been adjacent to what became my arts commission job. It was a temp job. And I'm like, I'm gonna go back and get like dot, that dot com money. And then 9-11 happened. And I was a temp, but then I locked in. It's funny to think about my career because I haven't thought, I never thought that I'd be working for the city for so long. And if I had to sum up my career, it's not about trying to be upwardly mobile. I mean, I was in that entry-level job for over 10 years at the Arts Commission, but I had a robust career um, being outwardly mobile and being in touch with my community and learning and meeting lots of different people that then informed um, just who I am and like how I operate in the world that I think eventually led to me getting this job and being able to stay in the city for so long. So I didn't have a career path. I've leaned into where I feel there's a need. And so even within radio, um, I was I got trained at KPFA, which was the first ever listener-supported radio station. It was founded by a Quaker who was against the war. And, um, I, and then there was a program geared towards women and people of color so that we would have the skills. And so if a station, that station ever said, there's no qualified people of color, so we're hiring the white man again, um, this program was there to say there's lots of qualified people. Now, I kind of stopped being involved with the station until the founder of the Asian American show passed away. And so a lot of us came together and leaned in as a, as a collective to continue that show. Um, and so that's like similar to how I gotten involved in a number of things. Like I used to work at nonprofits where I couldn't cash my paycheck. 
I'd be waiting for that grant money to come in because I knew there wasn't money in the bank. So when I got the, a job with the city, um, it was just easy peasy. And I saw things that needed improvement. Like we were manually filling out the payment cover sheets. And there was a lot of room for human error if you, you know, put the zip, if you reverse the numbers or put a wrong zip code, the person wouldn't get paid. And so I'm like, hey, let's make a database and have the cover sheet tied in with our contacts database. Um, so, you know, I feel like the contributions that I made that eventually led to a career came about from like a gut instinct of like, here's a problem and we need to solve it. Or here's something that's unfair and I want to help fix it. And then luckily I had people who agreed or supported me or said, let me, yeah, like go for it. I think about leadership somewhat like people math. Like, how do we all fit together? So, like, what are the skills that we all have and how do we create an environment where everyone is able to make contributions, regardless of your classification? Recognizing that I don't have to have the answers, that, like, the team together can have answers or can contribute to the answer. Um, and I think that leadership can come from all different levels like I exerted leadership when I saw the database need and I think it's similar to like when the Warriors won their first championship and Iguodala just clamped down on LeBron James that didn't come from Kerr that came from a special assistant who like was observing how LeBron got shut down before and he was like hey what about a small forward like Iggy and Kerr was open to it and then look at what happened. You know, what I was hearing about the Black Lives Matter movement was that it was strong because it was led by women and queer and trans people. And that there wasn't so much a calling out as much as a calling in that came from not being so just like, um, patriarchal. And I feel like the movement work that I've been in, whether it's media making or culture building, without recognizing it, has largely had that same kind of ethos. And so I've, I feel like I've largely been supported and nurtured um, in the work that I do. You know, I go back to my um, student activism. So the chair of the organization, always a woman, and that was intentional. Um, and Catherine Salvin, um, she encouraged and nurtured female leadership. And she made it clear to me, because, you know, I was doing ethnic studies, so I'm seeing a lot of, like, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and these strong men, great orators. And she was telling me that 
that's not the only way to be a leader. You know, we've got really quiet women who are doing amazing work, probably behind the scenes, and maybe they're not getting recognition. Um, And so she really encouraged me, you know, to to do the work that I ended up doing. You know, I had a very long relationship with my supervisor, Judy Nemzoff, at the Arts Commission, and um, she saw that I liked doing uh, radio. And so I was like, well, can I do a podcast? Um, And so she just was very supportive, and she believed in me. She's a Gemini, which, you know, in astrology, I think those are very like creative people. But then when we did the the disc assessment, she was also like in the baller category, and it was interesting because I think of the D, the the baller, as um, you know alphas, and I didn't think of her in that way. I thought of her as a people person, and then I realized that she used her people skills to get things done. Um, and it, that, that really worked for me. I think what I've been learning is how to articulate my leadership. There's a formalness um, to being able to talk about leadership um, or a career even that I would say it's taken me many years to learn because I was just doing And one thing that I knew for sure about myself is like, there are visionaries out there and that's like a form of leadership, right? I wouldn't necessarily say that's me, but what I will say is that if I'm attached to a visionary leader, I, and I understand like the logic behind it, I can help make that happen. I'm an implementer. challenges that I've faced because I'm a woman they're hard to put my finger on because we live and operate in patriarchy and so this is the norm and it's like feminists have been trying to unpack this and call this out and and so it's not as easy for me to identify the challenges that I faced um because we live and operate in patriarchy. If I were a man, my directness may not even phase someone, right? Um, But my directness as a woman might be criticized. And so I'm doing the work to soften my directness and build an interpersonal relationship. But I wonder if I were a man, if I would need to do that. really what we have to talk about is what is the definition of success and to me the definition of success is not being the boss it's about my community being healthy and so when we take that approach I would say also get involved in your community like what do you care about Um, how can you make that better like 
my job was really manageable. And so I had all this space to have a very robust private life. And that's when I did all the radio making that, you know, I eventually worked on a project that won a Peabody. That's when I was doing a lot of community work, being involved with arts organizations. Um, Well, I'm, of course, I'm proud of the Crossing East show. And it's not just because we were recognized at one of the highest levels in radio journalism, but before the first meeting for Crossing East, when Dime Roberts, the executive producer, brought us all together, my grandfather died. And at the funeral, someone came by who ran a senior center that my grandfather was on the board of. And so when I got to work on the hour focused on immigration to and through Hawaii, and I contacted that person that knew my grandfather and he helped organize a talk story with seniors. And in doing those interviews, I talked to people who knew my grandfather and He was around during the 1946 Great Strike, which is when all the different ethnicities, laborers got together and and won against the sugarcane industry. And sugarcane workers became the highest paid agricultural workers in the United States. So um, that was particularly meaningful because I got to hear stories about my grandfather who actually um, worked for the county of Maui and was a supervisor that oversaw the building of the roads. And so coming to Public Works was just such a, you know, a great circle um, to honor my grandfather. Thanks for listening to Snapshots, a Public Works podcast. 